What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What's up, Deuterinos, and welcome back to another episode of Rank Em All, the show where a couple of panelists, in this case three, sit down and rank every single song on an album, which gives us our album ranks, and we work all the way down the discography to figure out which albums and the bands or artists' discographies are really top-notch or bottom-barrel. Guys, I'm one of your Rank Masters, Brando, and joining me here today is, of course, the podfather, Nate Phillips. The muscles from Brussels, bro. I am here. I am feeling good. We are in the house. It is uh, the sequel. Today we are sequeling. Yeah. And this is actually kind of a historic thing just in the show's history because we haven't had a direct sequel Yeah. to any musical album. Everything's kind of been its own journey. So this is going to be fun. But today, as always, Brando, we're not alone. The grime master i don't know what to call him. we don't have a clever nickname for joe yet joe is in the house welcome my friend what's going on guys uh i've been called by many names that's definitely a new one the grime master (laughs) i do remember i do remember good times grimes yeah 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 so uh today guys we are of course discussing van halen 2 as we move uh, along our journey into uh into the, the sequel. Into the sequel. I mean, this is the first time. Of course, it was self-titled or, uh, you know, self-titled album. Uh, the album, you know, it's just like Metallica. There was never a Metallica 2, you know. It wasn't, right. you know. And guys, guess what? Down the line, there's going to be a Van Halen 3. Oh, snap. You know, it's really interesting, Spoiler. though, oh, because <laughs> they're not the first band to really do the whole idea of a sequel thing. And I think... Zeppelin's Zeppelin. kind of the first yeah. to really yeah. do the one, two, three. They did up to four or five. I, I think, I think four. Uh, so was, it, was it five? It might be four. My, four might be the last one. You might be right. I'm not, not the biggest. Rank them all on Led Zeppelin right now. We're no. ranking fucking Van Halen. So that's what we're doing today. And guys, I don't know about you, but this was definitely an interesting. <laughs> that's the word I'll use. Interesting. Listen through, to say the least. <laughs> I'm uh, glad it you made said me it. Remember some songs that I didn't know or remember were Van Halen songs. It also made me recognize that maybe they're not as good as people think they are. All right, so I'm glad you said it before I did. Uh, because... yeah, I'll, I'll take the heat on this one. It's fine. Uh, all right, um, kill me in the comments. It's cool. So. Biting is not nice. I don't know if you guys heard that, but my wife said biting is not nice. Um, and we were definitely bitten by this album. Uh, Parent them all. Ah, there we go. Man, I I don't want to be mean. And please, please. don't. And, and well, no, no. And, and, and like, like, I'm definitely serious because mm-hmm. my first listen to this album wasn't enjoyable. No. Um, since listening to it, the first time, a few songs have risen in rank, but not by much. In fact, I do believe, Joe, one of the few things I said to you were, there were songs I heard on this early on that got a higher ranking by the time I finished the album. Okay. Yeah. Because in comparison to the rest of the album, they are far superior. Now, yep. let's lay the groundwork here because... I don't want to come in and just lay down a bunch of shade and say that say that we're all just going to shit on this album. That may or may not be the case. We haven't got to the ranks yet. Um, right. With Metallica, Nate and I are very comfortable and familiar with that discography, and it was more about being critical and getting mm-hmm. past our own biases to look at to try and look at the discography past our lens of being fanboys. Essentially, neither one of us and maybe not even you, Joe, are necessarily Van Halen fanboys. This was something right. that we each wanted to do uh, in honor of Eddie because he's a great guitar player, and there mm-hmm. are some really great songs from Van Halen. They have some yeah, legendary yeah. songs and licks that this is a classic band that has inspired so many other artists and guitarists and, and bands. And then also you've got people who you know want the ultimate question settled. 
who is better? Mm -hmm. Van Halen, Van Hagar. Sure. Where do they stack up? That helped narrate our decision to get to this point. Mm -hmm. Not to say that we necessarily knew what that was entailing when we made this decision. No, when we right. did the first album, I think all of us were a little bit surprised by how kind of like up and down it was. There was there was mm -hmm. some cool surprises on that on that that we all liked. And uh, but at the end of it, uh, you know, here we here, here we are to the second album here. And um, Nate, I read an interview uh, with Alex Van Halen recently talking about. Um, well, first, I mean, the, the crux of the interview was talking about how the music industry is, is, is changed completely, but which it has. But he was talking about how the band was almost two different bands, but the band at its crux didn't change. It's like they were Zeppelin, they were ACDC, they were hard rock. And Sammy Hagar was the rocker frontman, but with Dave. Mm -hmm. He was vaudeville. And I'm like, Showman. my God, that is the through best way to describe David Lee Roth. Vaudeville. He is extra. He is over the top. He is scatty. He doesn't do the conventional vocals. And when it works, it's magic. When it doesn't work, it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. And I'm not sure if this album's going to reach an acquittal from us. However, okay, like OJ, let's cut to the chase. Here. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Um, no, but no, oh. I, I wanted to preface that because um, also, also think about it. Um, I need to get the info up on here. That way we can go through the the writing credits, which, which there's a couple covers, or at least one on here. Um, that way we can give proper, um, you know, due credit. But this <laughs> album came out literally like a year after the first one. One calendar year, yep. And think about that. Imagine if Metallica released an album every year. Well, imagine what it's like when Call of Duty releases a game every year. Eventually, okay, so think about, okay, so the songwriting process and album cycles have gotten longer over the course of years. From I mean, for most bands. I mean, and they don't have to be like uh, Chinese democracy long, but what I'm talking about is like, you know, when a band takes a couple years to write and release a record, typically they're finding the songs that work best, they're 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 cutting through the crap and fine tuning these songs to make them really good. In this case, and which which was also the case for the majority of the seventies, how many bands released a cavalcade of albums and you go, Wow, cool, a deep purple album, and you pick it up and you know none of the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, even me, I, I like Deep Purple. I'm not a mega fan. I don't know all the songs, but I I know nothing. Think about why an album like Creedence Clearwater Revival's greatest hits is the one to own because all of those greatest hits are spread out off of like five or six records and you pick up the back of that record and it has one of those songs on it. The rest of them are songs you're like, I haven't heard any of these. These bands would write, record, tour. Write, record, tour. In and out, one a year because that was the quick cycle. They needed new songs and they needed them now. That doesn't mean that they necessarily all got the the love that it that they needed to make these songs as good as they could. I'm not trying to give an excuse here. I'm just trying to compare and contrast different bands, different eras, different styles. And you can definitely see at some point with this band, this band entered the um the uh, like they got signed and they got out there in the middle of that era. And when you have Van Halen, 78, Van Halen, two seventy nine, women and children first, 80 die, you know, uh, you know, fight, fair, uh, warning, fair, 81. fair warning, 81, 82 is diver down. And then there's a two year gap between 1984. And that album, we'll, we'll talk about it. Well, but. we're going to get there, but, <clears throat> it, but, but then there's further gaps in between the albums. And mm -hmm. we're going to see if that theory or that mindset maybe can hold true, at least in Van Halen's case, because you, we all just said this was an interesting one to listen to coming in. And uh, 
so we're also really interested to hear what you guys have to say. Reach out to us on social medias at Rank 'Em All on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But guys, this album came out in March twenty third on March tw- March twenty third, nineteen seventy nine. Clocks in at thirty one minutes and thirty six seconds. And um, this, there were a couple songs here um, they, that were already in existence and demoed by Gene Simmons, uh, like off their very first demo. And then also again in 77 with Ted Templeman, uh, including a version of, of Beautiful Girls, then known as Bring On The Girls, and then Somebody Get Me A Doctor. So some of these songs were in existence kind of when they were already working on the first album, but didn't make the cut for whatever reason. And uh, all the songs here are written by Eddie, Alex, Michael, and David, except where noted. Ex- and that's the first song. <laughs> the first song is the cover um, of the album. And also, uh, Nate, you mentioned in the last episode about covers and how uh, maybe some of their early portion was kind of framed off of like other people's songs. If you go back into history, especially in that era, that's what the record label wanted. They wanted covers. Look at how many other big bands did covers simply because you you go back and you take a song like the first track here, You're No Good, and it's an older 60s song that has been reworked. It was a hit then, and now they rock it up, and now it's a new hit. And those were considered safer bets at the time. Now that's and think about how Metallica started. They they just covered stuff nobody heard of, made mm-hmm. it their own, and basically stole other people's music to make their own set list more fuller. For Van Halen, they were a party band. And the whole deal was back then, going to a show, people didn't want to hear a bunch of new stuff, they wanted to dance. That that is a direct quote from Michael Anthony right there. He said they wanted to dance. They wanted to hear songs they knew. They didn't care about our shit. So when it came time for them to do their own songs, a lot of these songs, and I've noticed the kind of a trend here, um, they're they're short, they're sweet, they're to the point, and they got energy. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the most verbose, great songs ever. It's just something I've been noticing and trying to dissect in this early era. Uh, maybe because when I got to this album, I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit of like, man, what is going on here? You know, and then diving Absolutely. in, diving into what you said about the covers. And of course, there's going to be more covers to come. But the first song, "You're No Good," by written by Clint Ballard Jr. Um, and it was uh, it was done by. Uh, Ine yeah, nineteen sixty three. Yeah, so literally fifteen years prior, this song was a hit. Now they're doing it again. This wasn't a single, I don't think. No. So they recorded the they they recorded the cover and it wasn't even a when when I saw the title and the song started playing I'm like is this really that one song? Yep, it's that song. Yeah. Okay. So much like the first album, we we uh, we 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 do have a cover, but it's also very much a different start. Whereas the first song comes or first album comes in with "Running with the Devil," this one's very subdued different coming in a bit slower and um i'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about it i'm gonna start with nate because i see his face um lay it on me so first of all naivete nate because i had no idea this was a cover no fucking clue now that i know it's a cover i'm i'm probably gonna change my score even lower than what it is honestly Uh um because i utterly hated this song I thought it was complete dog shit. And I I mean, the only thing, in my opinion, that saved it was the really nice guitar work by Eddie in some of the soloing sections where he's kind of cutting loose. And you're just like, oh, there's Eddie still being Eddie doing his thing. Like, great. But, you know, you can put a nice, fancy diamond studded bow on a turd and it's still a turd. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really what I think about this song. I think it is just not... And Brandon really nailed my my sentiment on the head. This is not running with the devil. This is not, to use a wrestling phrase, this is not, you know, super kicking him in the chin. You know, instead, this is just like, you know, like a fucking slap to the face or a schoolboy roll up. Like, it's something quick to just get the job done, but it's nothing special. And I think there are plenty, 
and and you might not hear me say this the next time we get together but there are plenty of songs on this album that i think would have made for much better opening tracks that i when i was listening to them was like why don't you lead with that you dumb sons of bitches because i'm hooked i'm hooked and in a different headspace and honestly this is the Nick Maxson thing from from you know the first series of Rank when we were doing Metallica, talking about the high from one song leading you into the next song to bump that rating. That also stands true for the opening song on the album. If that first song doesn't catch me, I'm going to have a hard time in, until you catch me enjoying anything until that moment. So if you have three or four songs before a song that I really enjoy, your album ultimately is going to suffer just because you didn't you know, lead with your best foot forward. And I don't know what you guys thought about the song. I'm interested in knowing kind of the flip side, you know, for you guys, because it could be the tale of two cities. But for me, the song's title is in fact how I feel about the album as a whole kind of, and this song too, you're no good. It's just, you're no good. You're no good, baby. You're no good. Damn. All right, Joe, lay it on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on the same page as Nate. Um, I I knew this was a cover. I mean, this has been covered. Like you know, we we said originally what uh, D.D. Warwick, but I uh, I told you the other day that it was initially people know it as more. I think of Linda Ronstadt doing it. Yeah. Uh, and but it's been covered. Like what do I got? Uh, it was covered by Ike and Tina. It was covered by Elvis Costello. Uh, Damn. Reba, Michael Bull. I mean, you, you, the list goes on and on and on. How many times this song's been done? But, it's kind of an old standard is what you're getting at. Right, it is. And but I think like you know, they all have their own style, but like when they took it and did their Van Halen's own style, and I didn't I am the same page as Nate. I didn't dig it. Um it's just and the same thing is uh do not lead with that. There are definitely better songs that could have started this album with. And yeah, the same feeling, like, oh my god, is this how the whole album's gonna be? Um just from the get-go, I was not not into it, man. Um, just just another cover. I, and the funny thing is, I saw the title, and I knew I knew the the original song, but I'm thinking it's going to be maybe like an original. Though I didn't think it was going to be an actual cover, and because I don't recall hearing them do the song before. And but then I hear the lyrics, and I'm like, no, holy crap, that is a cover. Um, I'm really disappointed with this one. Uh, definitely not. Uh, didn't knock it out of the park for me with this one at all. I have heard this song a lot, just like Joe had said. I, I've, I've heard several different versions of this song. Uh, and so, as I said, I originally saw the name and went, oh, is this that? Yep, okay, it's that song. It's very middle of the road for me. Um, nothing stands out about this as being uh, anything significant. I don't think that it's bad, in fact, I like the slow groove of it. It's a bit different than the other song versions of the song that you've heard. Uh, so knowing the fact that I've heard this song so much, and I, and, I, and I know I've heard Reba sing it, but like I like that about it, but it was also... There's a couple of different times on this album in that it's, I'm, I'm like, ooh, okay, oh, what happened? And that's kind of here too. It's very middle of the road for me. Uh, It's not starting off the album great. I gave it a five. What about you, Nate? Ultimately, I'm not going to change my rank because, you know, even though it is a cover, I was naive to it. So this is just my genuine gut reaction rating. I gave it a 4.75. So I'm right there in the zone with you. What about you, Joe? Um, same neighborhood as you guys. I got 4.5. 4. 4.5. All right. Wasn't thrilled. Just kind of, meh. Um, now, I don't know about you guys. Do you think this next song should have started the album? Yes. This Me- is actually what should have led their album, for sure. Because the next song is definitely a single. Uh, it was the first single released in, in May of 79, Dance the Night Away. Um, So this song gets some points for... And and I keep trying to come back to to, to a good way to vocalize it. It's it's what I called about 
uh, when it meshes well. When what the band is doing with what Dave is doing meshes well. You know, and I feel like when it does, you feel it. It's instant. And honestly, and I don't know if this is going to be the same going forward with all the other albums. I kind of felt it on the previous album, too. Those were the best songs instantly. And it's usually the best songs where they mesh well so far with a couple of exceptions have been the singles. Yep. And I hope that's not completely the absolute Roth era. Cause I, I, I cause I want to be surprised. Like I was on the last album with, with like, like with like uh, little dreamer and ice cream man, those songs that we said, like, man, these are really interesting and cool songs that we ne- we had never had really taken the time to listen to. And wow, this is some, some really cool stuff here. Uh, but with Dance the Night Away, for me, it doesn't quite hit that tier. It, it's almost like, hey, you know that awesomeness that Van Halen is? This is close. But it, It's like dollar store Van Halen. I mean, may, maybe not even yeah. that bad. Maybe not even that bad. I'm just saying that, like, it, I don't think it's bad, but I also don't think it's, like top tier like like if you're gonna give like you know uh a a, s a b c d whatever man this is somewhere between the like the c and the b era it's like it it, it, maybe maybe on the right day and the right mood it can bump up to b but i think it's the c it it's it's listenable it's catchy it's got the good catchy group vocals and again, it's more subdued on this song compared to some other, like compared to what what was on the first album, and maybe what's even to come here. But I don't know. We'll start with Joe this time, going back back around. Uh, you got anything to add to this one? Uh, I mean, I've heard this one several times, sure. uh, but this was usually on the you know the very best of on volume of volume one. This was always the song I would skip. Um, like there was not often where I would listen to that album from start to finish without skipping this song. I'm just, I've never been a big fan of it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a terrible song. I just, it's just not, it's not my thing. I don't, I'm not, I just really don't dig it. What about you, Nate? Uh, Dance the Night Away, obviously a song, you know it. it. It's in the zeitgeist of history because it was a single. You hear it in various movies and other places and things like that. But, right along the same lines as you guys it didn't captivate me i was just like oh yeah i know this song and it was just like on and v and i are having a conversation while it's on and we're just kind of shooting the shit and whatever and then i noticed something really weird and it wasn't intentional but i i noticed that my ear over everything else in the song that was happening there's only one part that i can remember thoroughly enjoying and it's not the the vocals of the chorus there is an acoustic guitar picking individual note sound that is in the chorus that's really kind of under the mix. It's really booty doo 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 and I fucking love it. Like it's it's the one thing that draws me back to the song. So I'm thinking about it and I'm like, man, I want to give this song like a decent rating because it is memorable. It's not quite to me on you know, like running, running with the devil or ain't talking about love level or obviously eruption for that matter. So I, you know, my rating is kind of reflected on, I like part of this song quite a bit. The rest is just okay. Because what did I notice the most about this song? Either one of you right now, sing me a verse, any (laughs) part of any part of the verse. (laughs) No, you can't. Can't. Nah. You don't even know it because even though we've heard the song a million times, there's only one part that sticks out. Dance the night away, you know, like that. Okay, it's cool, like it's great, man. And that's and that's where my my rating kind of locks in. So if we're ready for that, I'll I'll throw it down. Uh, yeah, yeah, I gave it a seven. <clears throat> me too. <laughs> seven for me as well. What about you, Joe? I I gave it a four. Four, <laughs> even lower. Yeah. Um. So the next song, "Somebody Get Me a Doctor," was the second single. However, uh, let 
when I when I hover my 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 my, uh, my finger over it, the cover is in is in Japanese. So maybe not all of these singles are necessarily what they sent to radio stations. They they uh, they could be yeah yeah. It even says released in Japan. So international singles. In, it was an inter- international <laughs> single. Um, but somebody get me a doctor. I wrote good open riff. Yes. When this song started, I was like, "Ooh, what is this?" From there, it kind of falters a bit and goes into it being all right. It's yeah. it's almost kind of like the theme of this and I don't like doing this, but we're going to when we rank them all from any band, we're going to get to something that we collectively or individually just don't like. And that's never fun. That's never ever fun to just sit back and go, wow, these guys hate this. I don't hate Van Halen. I really like Van Halen. But I really feel like mediocrity is kind of in this record because I feel like with this song and another few going forward, there's aspects here that are like, man, this is really good. And my head's, head's bopping. But there's really nothing that takes it to the next level for me. Yeah whether that's just them being the party band and have a lot of energy and there, nothing gravitates me. A, a lot of the vocals here are just average. Uh, some of the music is above average, but in a collective bargain, it's, it's just not, it's not, it's not hitting the mark for me. Somebody get me a doctor does not hit the mark for me. What about you, Nate? Biggest issue with somebody get me a doctor is Dave squeal vocals yeah i yeah become not a fan <laughs> on this album of that tool in his toolbox because unfortunately when you're trying to hammer a nail into the wall you hammer until the nail is sticking out a little bit and for some reason with this tool he just has hit that wall until there's not even a fucking wall left man I mean, he's just swinging an air at this point yeah. you know it's like come on dave let up a little bit give us something other than that you know that little fucking dr roxo thing that you do or whatever the shit you know it's not it's not doing it for me and that was what drew me away because brad and brando nails it the the opening riff is dope and I'm like, yeah, what is this? Are you going to hook me? Third song in. Something that I'm actually going to sing? My t- nope. Just nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what we're doing now. Somebody get you a doctor, huh? That's You know what I think? And this is honest to God's truth. I do believe that they do suffer from the year-to-year album thing. And if they would have just released one album in 79 that was a mixture of everything good on Van Halen 1 and everything good for Van Halen 2 and got rid of the fat they would have had maybe one of the most classic albums of all time because there are gems across both sure uh, that, that 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 is not an unfair assessment yeah alright Joe yeah somebody give me a doctor not 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 a fan Joe how much like <laughs> what kind of doctor are we going to here uh, foot doctor uh yeah. Ear doctor, ear doctor, ear nose throat uh, meets <laughs> rabbit meets I like meets a rabbit out of hat. I mean, like, <laughs> well, like I'm I'm on the same page that the whole Dave like squealing thing. It's almost kind of like you know that's like his signature. Almost like uh, if you're listening to like Zach Wild, you hear his little squeal he does with the guitar. You know that's Zach Wild. That's that's what you know. You you hear that I'm like oh okay, Duff. You don't know what the song you listen to. I'm like it sounds like Zach Wild. And then, but Dave Squeal, though, it's just one of those things, like every damn song, it, you get tired, kind of tired of hearing it. I I was never a big fan of it. It's just, okay, you know, he can hit that note, big deal. Um, but as what you guys were saying about that main riff, that opening riff, I really liked it, but this whole song, it didn't seem Van Halen-esque to me. A lot of parts to me, like I was looking at this, it looked like uh, it sounded like a mixture of like an ACDC ZZ top kind of feel. That's, that's a great assessment because they would cover ZZ top a lot. Right. So, right. And it was, you know, it was still good, but it wasn't, eh, you know, I'm not a fan of it. Just like most of the, yeah. What, like was the third song? Yeah. Yeah. Third this song in here. Just isn't a great starter. All right. Uh, I gave this song a five. 
Yeah. So, uh, who, Nate, what was your? I gave it a 6.25, 6. my 6.25. Uh, see, I was teetering a little bit about 5, 5.5. And I think. Solo was decent for me. Yeah, no, see, the solo, what, like, solo was good. Um, I just like no, like you said, it's like it's that vocal stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's harkening but again when it meshes, it's great. When it doesn't, and it, he's doing these other stuff, it's not necessarily pleasing to the ear. How about you, Joe? What'd you give? Four point five. Four point five. The next, wow, I rated that one higher than you guys. By yeah, a lot. you did. Yeah, <laughs> by yeah by by a little bit. Uh, but the next one, bottoms up. N- not the Nickelback one. <laughs> um, in fact, I would prefer that one to this one, honestly. Uh, I word, word up, baby. What's the word? Um, I wrote. It's a. It's kind of a like p- rock and party song, just that really doesn't go anywhere for me. Right, and that's literally all I wrote. It's like uh, nothing about this song really stuck out to me. And I think that's kind of a um, a theme. Well, it is a theme, Brando. But like, like I, I was really ruminating on this album this morning when I was waking up because I hadn't listened to the next one we're working on yet. I did that fresh today, so I've got like notes. Well, not really notes, but I, I digress. Anyways, and I was like, man, what is it about the Van Halen that I'm like not connecting with? You know, and I realized that it's set and setting. I am not a heavy party person. Like, I'm not the, you know, I might be a social butterfly and I do enjoy, you know, hanging out with people and getting a group of my friends together. But I am not one to go to a rocking loud club with 400 other sweaty ass, mother, you know, pre-COVID times, obviously. Sweaty ass motherfuckers, just just you know, to to jam out or whatever to an okay band, and when I realized that it was like, oh, the party aspect of them and the fact they're churning out every song is talking about booze or girls or you know trying to get something together happen in that setting. That's what I don't connect with, and that's why these ratings are substantially lower as opposed to the Metallica stuff, which can be universally uh, taken in as something that you can understand on your own, I guess, in a different manner. Would you think that, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm out of, like out of step here with this comparison. If, if I threw a party and there were like 20 people in my house, we were just all talking Smoozing. There's a bunch of different conversations. People are, are just hanging out, you know. Uh, and this album is on in the background. Not necessarily that you're paying attention to it and dissecting it like we are today. Do you think that this is a decent background party album? You mean did they make great background noise? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. What I'm saying is like. It just like because there's it's got beat it's got most a lot of songs here other than the first couple have like a little like a little bit of this and you can kind of like bop your head to it maybe not maybe you know you know maybe you're singing along to the first couple songs and then and then when he's singing somebody give me a doctor then you, it's he does it over and over again well you can kind of hook onto that I don't know just an observation that I made while you were making your observation. Uh, <laughs> we, we, you, 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 you Incepta observed me. Um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, I think you're right. And actually, to, to add on to that a little bit, when they do do something catchy or kitschy within their songs, that's great for a party because then someone's like, man, do you remember that song? No, I can't fucking think of it. But they had that one cool part. And you're looking for the through the whole album for that 20-second riff. <laughs> It was dope as shit, and somebody call me a doctor, you know, or bottoms up, as it were. Uh, yeah, yeah. I again, they're striking out on this one with me, guys. I'm not trying to be overly critical. Again, another thing too, you have great working parts, but just because your parts work great doesn't necessarily mean the car runs smoothly, because you got Alex and Eddie who are just 
fucking machines. Even Michael Anthony in this album, in this album we're talking about today, shines, has yeah. amazing moments where the bass is just killing it. And you're like, holy fuck, he's playing cool shit that's actually just the same as kind of what Eddie's doing, but just a slight variation. And now I understand. Oh, it's all built on that. It's all built on Eddie. Eddie is the brainchild. Eddie is the musical drive. And then Alex adds the rhythm and Alex gets crazy and fearless, but that doesn't necessarily always mesh well with the theatrics of vaudeville back to your first thought full circle. Here we are because when it does mesh well, it's brilliance, but when it doesn't, it's very noticeable. How about you, Joe bottoms up? Um, the thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if it was you or Nate, somebody at the last album brought up a uh, spinal tap. <laughs> This, I'm not okay. I'm not gonna lie. This actually had like a really big spinal tap feel to it for me. Like the solo, I literally picture Nigel on his back when they can't when they can't stand him up, and then he's like still playing the solo the whole time, and he gets up after he's done finishing the solo, and he's like yeah. And then I picture Derek. I can literally, and then the bass, I can literally picture Derek Smalls's face when he's like in the camera and making those like kiss. Yeah, yeah, like that, like the. the <laughs> And that's like all this was to me was just a, a big Spinal Tap mess. Where do you think Spinal Tap got their ideas from? Damn it! They're the they're, exactly. They are, they are probably dice that they were they were ranking them all first, guys. Oh, yeah, passing a doobie to each other. Michael McKean hits it, and he looks. He's like, "You guys, Van Halen writes some weird shit, and that's the story." The end. Boom. The story tells itself. <laughs> and, then, and then you're there. And then they start just coming up with a ridiculous shit like the, you know, hello, Cleveland. You know, we're not in Cleveland. Yeah. And, and we're going to turn this hallway and then go this hallway and then go to that hallway and then back to this hallway. All right. Uh, I gave this a 4.5 for bottoms up. I gave it a 5.5. I'm not too far behind you. Ooh. Yeah. Actually, I just made you give it 55. <laughs> no, I can't drive 55 ah, later. Later. That's good. Go. That's good. All right. What about you, Joe? Three. Three. Don't worry, Nate. It got bumped back. Joe was like, fuck this song. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of. The next song, Out of Love Again. Um, not not yeah. This is on the B side of the first single, and um, I wrote down vocals. Question mark. Question mark. Yep. Disjointed. <laughs> What's going on? <sighs> That's all I have to say. This song is two minutes and 51 seconds of what? What, what, for what? Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, it, the reason why I guess I I stuck on this album so much is I'm wondering what about it is making me not like this. You know, am, am I in the wrong here? And I don't think that I am. I, I, I It's so weird for me to not like something. Like I can usually find the positive something there, and, and and as we've already said, there's positives laced within here. Good energy, good, good, good riff here. These awesome bass fills that Michael does that stand out. It's completely different than kind of what the first album was, where he was just very much in the pocket. Um, so like he's kind of venturing out of his comfort zone a little bit here, or at least was his comfort zone. But uh, no. I got nothing else to say, uh, and I'm going to pass the baton to Joe. Uh, I was actually, uh, I think I'd mentioned to you a while back that I was there was one song on this album that I was waiting to get to, and I was actually so glad it was on the second album. Uh, this is that song. Uh, I've I've heard this song for years. I love this song. It was actually originally told about this by one of our other drum instructors, uh, Brad Harner, at the music store, mainly because... I feel like this is the first song off the, the first two albums that Alex was like, just set loose. 
um especially like towards the middle of the song like his drumming it, it just it sounds like it just kind of goes off the rails right mm-hmm. and he does all this crap like like I, i'm gonna say this probably multiple times i've already said it multiple times that he's like seriously one of the most underrated drummers of all time i've said it and i'll say it again um but as he's going off the rails in this song <clears throat> he has that one itty bitty solo that's two hits you know it's the ride symbol and the bass that's it bing boom and then back into it um i fucking love that part and it's like it's such a small part but it just i feel like it adds a lot to the song i'm very then, glad yeah. i'm very glad that this is the song that yeah. you really like because it adds a little bit more of of conversation and differential opinion because if mm-hmm. we were going down this thing which each song gus going this is, makes this a very uninteresting podcast to listen to, and I'm very, I'm very glad that you liked it, even though I couldn't, that I didn't find that. I don't know. I did hear the drums, and they were really good. I guess yeah. for me, it was just the package. It was just the package, and and the vocals. Um, you being a drummer, that stuff sticks out to you way more than it does to me. Yes. To me, it's a lot more of what Dave is doing that that is in the forefront. And uh, maybe that's why. Maybe that's maybe that's a good reason why this song really doesn't hit home for me. But um, do you have anything else? No, I mean, just like as soon as that solo is over, he just goes, you know, back into that just psychotic crap all over the kit. You know, Eddie Eddie comes in with this uh, sick guitar riff on top of it, and yeah, that that song I thought was just it was amazing. It's one of my favorites. My favorite on the whole album. How about you, Nate? I wouldn't say it was my favorite on the whole album, but this is definitely a step up from some of the previous songs we've talked about. There are charming qualities to Out of Love Again across the board. You guys have kind of nailed, I mean, right in the jump, yeah, vocals, what the fuck is happening? Like, wait, what? And then it kicks in, you're like, okay, this is a cool jam. Like, I'm into it. Solo section's all right. Like, it doesn't have any one part that I'm, like, ultra critical of. But to that literal same token, there is no one part that I'm like gushing about. And oh my gosh, it was the best thing because realistically, this song did not have that for me. Um, Middle of the road is a good way to say it. I think that my score is probably a little bit more liberal than Brandon's, but I don't think it's going to be close to Joe's. I uh, I walked out here and gave out a love again a six point seven five. What about you, Joe? Boom! Give it a ten. Wow, wow. Joe's first ten, I think, right? Or no, wait, no. eruption was the first ten. Eruption. No, eruption was first ten. He also gave a uh, little dreamer a ten. Oh, okay. I gave this song a five. It, it's very middle of the road. There's good stuff in it, but I was also just very like what. <laughs> is going on here and I and I kind of felt the same way about the next song uh, the next song is Light Up the Sky and it's the first track on the side two and um, I'm just going to go ahead and say I don't have much to say I really don't have much um, I have more to say about the the rest of the songs <laughs> on the album uh, so, and Nate, if you have anything to cover up for me here, I don't have much to say about Light Up the Sky. It's very middle of the road for me. Well, this is uh, obviously on my naive first listen through, so memory is not the best, but I do remember really liking this song. Like, I do remember it stuck out as like, oh, this is a little bit different. Like, it's different, kind of catchy. Solo's nice. It's got some cool acoustic bits in it that are really fun, like... I can't hate on this song. And again, reflecting that in my score, uh, I think this is a better song on the album than, you know, again, it's one of those that I'm willing to go and give a second listen to. Like, I wouldn't listen to this whole album again. Fuck that. (laughs) But but, but I would pick a couple of these to go back and, and like, Mm reevaluate to give an even deeper opinion and actually to even speak on that a little bit. Uh, feel your love tonight from the first album. I was a big hater of that, you know, and kind of like it a little bit more now in retrospect because I gave it another chance. Yeah, and 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 it is, you know, not every song is going to get that for me, but I do think that Light Up the Sky on this album is that song that deserves a second listen to for you guys who maybe don't 
quite get it. It is uh, it is pretty good. The only note that I wrote was good open. <laughs> good open. Because after that, it kind of fell off for me. How about you, Joe? Yeah. I, I got very little I can say. I don't hate it, don't love it, uh, don't remember much about it. I mean, that's really all I can say about it, too. All right. Then hit me with your rank, Joe. I gave it a five. Five. Me too. Middle of the road. Middle of the road. How about you, Nate? I gave her a 7.25. I do think there's some real charming qualities to this tune. Awesome. The next track is an instrumental, Spanish Fly, and it's my favorite song on the album. <laughs> um, all I got to say is he finger tapped on an acoustic guitar. Yes. Oh, my God. This is and acoustic. I'm groundbreaking. This this is acoustic eruption. Yes. Definitely. He he is doing some awesome flamenco style of playing here. And just great, great stuff. Actually, I'm glad you said eruption on acoustic guitar, Brando, because he actually snuck an eruption riff into the Spanish fly. Yeah cleverly as fuck like he he knows uh is being super meta and self-referential and all that but like honestly you nailed it this song is dope i it immediately catches your attention i was like whoa what is this going on i didn't know you know again you look at the track listing you don't know what's going on so i saw it i heard the acoustic thing at first i was like this is a dope intro and then i realized Oh, there's only like 42 more seconds, so yeah. it's not yeah. an intro. It, it, it's just him jamming. Fucking cool. Uh, I, now I can really get behind it. I I, I genuinely loved it. Mm-hmm. He is a guitar legend who just, again, trailblazer. He is just creating his own path in a, in a land full of, you know, and again, it's really weird because you got this legendary superstar, like next level level guitarist, and we are talking about a lot. No offense, a lot of mediocre music on this album, which again could also be from the record label pressuring them to do another album that quick. The record label telling them, "No, we don't want you to wait to release. You know your best stuff. Just push shit out." You know, there's a lot of reasons that mediocrity can be acceptable in the music industry that doesn't directly fall just on the musicians and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, their ideas are still their ideas and their product is still their product, but the execution and the release of those ideas sometimes come under the gun and other reasons. So we got to remember that. But yeah, Spanish Fly is a jam. Joe, thoughts? I yeah, right with you guys. Eruption acoustic version, pretty much. Uh, just I, I'm actually surprised I'd never heard this. I'm like, how have I not heard this up to this point? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't have much to say about it because I actually could not find the words to <laughs> to describe it. Um, it's just freaking fantastic. It's amazing. Like just trying to mentally wrap my head around finger tapping on the acoustic and getting that sound out of it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Exactly. I, I can, I can see somebody doing it, but then to be able to, to, to be able to hear it <clears throat> perfectly. I mean, damn, that's, I mean, that's all I can think. Just, they wow. either had him amped up or they had multiple mics on that acoustic guitar to pick it up from multiple angles. So they could, yeah. Land. Only, oh I God. thought about it. This, I, I thought about this exact same question. Like, how did you, get the because it sounds clean yeah i mean clean not just as playing i'm talking the quality of sound sounds clean so yeah yeah interesting very interesting so um i i saw an interview today with um steve Vai talking about eddie then this the, this was an ultimate ultimate guitar and he said that I think we need to reevaluate exactly what defines a genius because a lot of people think genius is just intellectual and everything. And Eddie was surely not an intellectual. He was just a very normal guy, which is great. Uh, what Sometimes what a genius can be is ignorance to your own exceptional uh, abilities. And he's like, the thing with Eddie is that his kind of stuff that he would do on the guitar came so natural and easy to him. 
that he was ignorant to the fact that it was challenging. He would set up his to own, everyone else. Yeah, well, he would set up his own challenges to himself and nail it and be able to pull it off. Something like this to where how does he get that sound? It's easier for him in some way for him to do that. Us three are going to sit here for hours trying to go how, you know, and not get anywhere close to that. But for him, he picks it up and just and he's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And he's and he just going to laugh about it and smirk and think that's really, that's why he does all the really weird and strange things that he does with his guitar. He is, he learns how to do weird shit and it, and it's very unique and it almost so just like Dave, like on vocals, but a little bit more interesting. If that makes any sense. I gave this, I, I, I gave it an eight. It is my favorite by far. How about Joe? Nine five, nine point five, and Nate. Let me get that average back to average here. Eight point two five. Point two five. We're all, we're kind of we're kind of in the same echelon here. Uh, the next song, DOA. Uh, what I um, what, did I write anything on this one or was it uh, no no it's on the next one. Uh, this one again was a kind of another straight up rock song. And not that that's anything bad, but it's just, it did to me, not like I almost have to dive into it too deep to really find the points that are like, Mm -hmm. are going to like stand out a little bit. I I felt like this is very, again, middle of the road for them. How about you, Nate? Uh, DOA unmemorable. There's literally, as I sit here, not a thing negative or positive that I could say about it because I don't, recall any of it at all and maybe i'm just like still shocked and baffled at the spanish fly that i've just heard (laughs) in my ear holes but this just left me unimpressed it's like you know your your you know girlfriend putting on a business suit after you come just doesn't make sense (laughs) keep your clothes off you know (laughs) she's getting all dressed up and you're all laying there all you know, that. befuddled and beside yourself. I'm just saying, Spanish Fly is like the climax, and then you're sitting there, and you you know, you still maybe want to see some titties, but instead she's putting everything up. You know. <laughs> hey, they're a party band. Let's they're a party band. How about you, Joe? What you got anything to say about DOA? Very uninspiring. I I don't remember much about it. The only thing I have written down is that I, I didn't feel like Dave's vocals even like matched the song. I, I'm guessing mm. like, I can't remember, like I'm guessing rhythmically or just however the, the song flowed. Um, yeah. I just didn't feel like it just was a good fit. I, I didn't like it at all. I liked it a, a skosh better than some of the other middle of the road. I gave it a 5.5. 5. Just a skosh. Wow. Five Don't break your rating bank there with a 5.5. 5. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then what's your rating there, Nate? Oh fuck! Uh, Six point two five. Oh come on, you get you, you, okay. See, I see. I I feel like I'm being the most harsh one, even though Joe's given the lowest score. How about you, Joe? Did, 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 is this going lower? Oh, okay. So now he's given the lowest score, even though he he broke his own record here. What was that score? He gave two. it a two. Oh shit! Didn't he give a song on the first album a point one? No, no, he gave it a <laughs> one point one because I wouldn't allow it. Kind of. It's like it's got to oh. at least get a one because he was going to give it a zero point one. I believe that was that on true. that that was on fire. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. I, I do believe that was the one you that you really didn't like. The, the the next song, "Women in Love," I wrote it. Really interesting, clean, open picking here. Um, it, it it was a it's a bit of a separate or a, a different step here. And honestly, the next two songs are like that for me. Whereas yes. on in general here, uh, they carry the same averageness of the record it's a bit of a step up from that but not tremendously like we're not getting into like truly good van halen territory here but this is a step closer um so i I do believe that kind of (laughs) reflects in my rating (laughs) for me personally but uh joe do you have anything to say about women in love and are they in love with you well they're not in love with this song. That's ah. for, <laughs> I, I really didn't have anything to say about this, man. It's just another one of those that just it didn't stick out. Mm-hmm. 
you know, man, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> Nate, do you have something? I, you know, Brando, you really nailed it because the clean intro is really different. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, okay. They're, they're trying something new, but then they just slam back into Van Halen and you're just like, okay, they're doing their thing. Okay. And then the song is over. It's a, it's yeah, like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It, well, actually, the thing is, is that, uh, the intro that, that kind of eats up a little bit of time and it's like the second longest song on the album. But yeah, it is over pretty like known. 46 seconds. Yeah. And then, like the rest of the song is another four minutes, but that's a fifth of the whole song is the intro. Yeah. So, uh, I dug the song a little bit more than some of the other jargon that happened on this album that, you know, befuddled me and left me. I like how you called it jargon. It is jargon, man. It's unfinished jargon. If we were doing random episode titles, the episode would be called Unfinished Jargon because that's what Van Halen 2 is to me, you know. Uh, a lot of great ideas that didn't get polished to the, you know, diamond stage. They just left them kind of coldly. So uh, I will say Women in Love was decent, a fun track, something, again, worth listening to again, giving it a seven point. from Nate I gave it a 6 and what did Joe give it 5 the last song Beautiful Girls I like the riff Um, it's like and it's kind of in the same exact territory as the previous song though like on in general like uh, it, it doesn't necessarily get into good Van Halen territory but it it's kind of on the way. And that's all I have to say about it. Beautiful girls. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and jump in there. Uh, this is one of those songs that is timeless in my mind. I've listened to it since I was a little kid. Uh, you know, here I am. Ain't no man of the world. All I need is a beautiful girl. Uh, I like the verse too. You know, I I love that vocal cadence. You know, it's that vaudeville. And and yep. And let me also say that he knows how to vaudevillely use that squeal in the song that makes it impactful. This is one time in the album where I'm like, oh shit, he pulls that out in a manner that makes sense and it adds flavor to the song. Because it's almost to me like he's grabbed their ass, you know, like you know, like that's. Oh my god! I just <laughs> totally <laughs> fucking broke Brando. That's awesome. <laughs> oh but man, I like the song. I think it's a great tune. It is quite possibly the best on the album. I will say, you put this song. Uh, Dance the Night Away, Spanish Fly, and either Women in Love or Light Up the Sky on that first album and get rid of a few of those filler songs. And again, you have the most classic album. Eruption, Running with the Devil, and Beautiful Girls on the same album makes it a classic album. So, you know, missed opportunities. You have, the again, outside influences, and I get all that. But I really love this jam. Joe? Thoughts on beautiful girls? I dig it. Um, you know, like it's definitely one of the more uh, recognizable songs they've done. Uh, the first time I initially listened to this song, this album, like ever, um, that was actually the only one I really knew off that album uh, that I actually like recognized by listening to it. Like I, I think the, the very first time I was a kid, I literally like I don't know this one, skip. I don't know this one, skip. I don't know. Oh, that sounds familiar, you know, and I would listen to that over and it's just one of those I would listen to on repeat, you know, um, especially like the intro uh, with like Eddie and Michael kind of have this uh, question and answer thing with the guitar and bass going on, you know, with that initial opening guitar riff and then Mike follows. You know, then Mike I thought that in. was really neat. That bass. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I was re- referring to earlier in general. But no, it like that. Like, that definitely applies to this song. It, it's really yes. Uh, musically eclectic, where like where they're going with all the weird, neat little stuff that they do. 
Right. And that's that's why it's one thing I've always loved about this song. I love this song. Great song. Then hit me with that rank, Joe. I gave it an eight. An eight. How about you, Nate? Nine point two five. I gave it a six point five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All over the map today. Well, folks, that is Van Halen 2. Uh, Van Halen 2 uh, went on to sell five, um, uh, 5.7 million records in the United States as of 2004. Five times platinum, huh? Five times platinum. Um, but my average album score, my album score was 5.75. Nate's was 6.87. And Joe's was 5.55. With an average master rank of 6.05. Ouch. Mm. <laughs> it's only up from here, fellas. Well, um, you know I'm what? I'm shaking my head no, audio listeners, audio while listeners. I say that. I, 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 well, we will see. We will see as we get to the next episode. Uh, Women and Children First is next. Of course, I want to thank Nate and Joe for being here on the show, and thank each and every one of you guys for checking out this episode of Rank'em All as we make our way down the Van Halen discography. Van Halen 2 is in the books and we're on the road to women and children first. For Nate, for Joe, I have been Brando. And check out Rank Em All on all the different podcast platforms and YouTube and social medias, all those places. Just search Rank Em All. And until then, somebody get us a doctor because we ain't done yet. Later on, guys. <laughs> <laughs>